everyone. It's the uh, Patreon bonus show episode two. All right. And that is Jerry Was a Race Car Driver by Primus. I've been on a huge Primus kick lately. I don't know why, but I am enjoying it. Uh, they're a great band. Les Claypool is an extremely talented bass player. Anyway, I just got done uploading the YouTube version of episode 239, which I entitled The Most Hated Woman in America. And it's about Madeline Murray O'Hare. And The Most Hated Woman in America is a nod to a Time Magazine quote. Uh, back in the day, in the wake of the case that she's famous for, Murray v. Curling, Time Magazine referred to her as the quote-unquote most hated woman in America. Whether or not Time Magazine got that quote from elsewhere, I have no idea. My voice still sounds froggy. Like I was saying last time, I started taking these inhaled steroids for my asthma, and uh, I can already tell I have like a little rasp or something, or maybe it's in my head, who knows. I'll talk to my doctor about it. As long as you guys can tell what the hell I'm saying, I guess, uh, you know, that will do for now. Um, yeah, and I want to issue some corrections regarding last week's bonus show. So I was talking about the Seattle scene, and I think I was talking about Mother Lovebone, the lead singer of which, Chris Cornell, who recently passed, uh, he was best friends. He was very close friends with Andrew Wood, the lead singer. And the band Temple of the Dog, which uh, you fellow 90s people might remember if you were around for the whole Seattle grunge era. Um, the band Temple of the Dog was kind of a tribute to Andrew Wood. And Temple of the Dog is taken from a Mother Love Bone song. I think it's a Man of Golden Words. Um, I said something about Mother Love Bone having been, or the members of the group having been friends with Alice in Chains and Soundgarden. Um, I think they may have known some of the people from Alice in Chains. Uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Andrew Wood's girlfriend, uh, kind of his muse, um, may have actually been living with Jerry Cantrell. If uh, I read an article right, which I read uh, the other day. And anyway, it was Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam was the other band that was really, members of that band were really close with Mother Lovebone. I'm trying to think if some of them might have been in Mother Lovebone. I'm trying not to dig myself in deeper here. But Temple of the Dog was comprised of, uh, yeah, members of, uh, I think, Soundgarden and um, Pearl Jam. Of course, you probably remember the song Hunger Strike. Chris Cornell and Eddie Vedder sang together on that. Did I say anything else wrong? I, th I think that's probably it for the uh, corrections. Uh, I just think I, I didn't emphasize the whole Pearl Jam angle. Yeah, and I just looked it up on Wikipedia. Jeff Ament and Stone Gossard of Pearl Jam were both in Mother Love Bone. All right. So yeah, th that's it with the corrections, I believe, unless I'm forgetting something for the bonus show, for the inaugural episode of the Patreon uh, bonus show. But I did already have to make a correction regarding the episode uh, of the main show, of The Weekend Out, that I uploaded uh, earlier today. And it's now 12.41 a.m. Uh, I guess it's technically Sunday, but we can still call it Saturday night. Feels like Saturday night to me. Uh, Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, I almost went out tonight, but 
I decided not to. I basically worked on the podcast all day and thought I would do the uh, the bonus show as well. And so uh, in, in the spirit of the long weekend, uh, I am enjoying Coca-Cola and uh, Don Q 150. That bottle of 150 is going to last me quite some time. I just call it 150, 151. My mistake. Ah, uh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I got all mixed up inside a little plastic bottle. Ain't I classy? But anyway, the uh, mistake in today's episode was that I was talking about how I wish that atheists got more exposure on mainstream platforms like uh, television and radio. Of course, we're already all over YouTube. Um, and an example I was giving of how sometimes I think when atheists are on mainstream uh, television or whatever, like say for Fox, say Fox News, for instance, once in a while Fox News will roll out an atheist and kind of treat them like an oddity or a freak. And, uh, you know, they'll try to uh, vilify them or make them look stupid in whatever uh, short amount of time the uh, segment lasts for. And I was giving a recent example of Dan Barker talking to Tucker Carlson. And I might actually play a clip in a little bit. Uh, but for some bizarre reason, some weird brain glitch, I, instead of saying Dan Barker, I said David Silverman. And I think it's because I was talking about Madeline Murray O'Hare and uh, how David Silverman is also, you know, a member of uh, American Atheists and how I had recently seen him in a picture next to or sitting on, because uh, it's a bench uh, or has a bench attached to it, the memorial that the, the picture of which was the inspiration for episode 239. So I think I had David Silverman on my mind and uh, in my head, I probably knew that he had also been on Fox News numerous times in the past. Tides go in, tides go out. You can't explain that. Remember that whole fiasco with Bill O'Reilly? Uh, but anyway, so not a huge mistake. But about a half an hour after I uploaded the episode, I caught the mistake. I went back in and edited it. And I re-uploaded the episode. So uh, if you downloaded the episode early to your iPod or, or iPhone or podcatcher app of your choice or whatever, uh, you may still catch the uncorrected mistake. Okay, so for the heck of it, I wanted to play you guys that clip of Dan Barker talking to Tucker Carlson on Fox News, and I was going to use the drunken peasants version, I guess, for lack of a better word of it, uh, because they covered it on their Friday night live show, and they were kind of riffing on it. And uh, it's kind of funny, but I'm downloading it now. I downloaded it previously, but I didn't know it was downloading as an MKV file. And uh, my Mac doesn't really seem to like those, or at least uh, QuickTime doesn't seem to like them. I have to try to convert them and everything else. So I'm trying to download it again, but it could be about another 17 minutes. Maybe I'll just play it on my iPhone and see how well my Blue Yeti mic here 
captures the audio. Later, buddy. An elementary school in Barclay, Tennessee has been forced to shut down a... Don't like it, huh? Popular no, it's Bible fine. You like the Tucker, dude? A I, I, popular Bible club. <laughs> I heard to his eyes. From an anti-religion group. Look at him. Okay, first his, off... His cold, dead eyes. First oh, off, yeah. like, there's a, like, like in any community in America, there's a lack of Bible uh, study groups. Oh, this is great, dude. Well, let's, let's hear more. The Bible club at Altruria, I beg your pardon, elementary school, was optional and was held prior to normal school hours, but the Freedom From Religion Foundation threatened to sue saying it was unconstitutional because the club was led by school district employees and was therefore, quote, really just religious instruction by public school officials. The club has been disbanded. Dan Parker is the co-president of the Freedom From Religion Foundation, and he joins us tonight. So you shut down a club for first grade. Boo! Boo to this guy. People, shut down some kids. These kids just trying to learn about Jesus. Yeah, they can't get anywhere else. You feel good about that? I want to thank yeah, God for his hair light right do. now. In fact, yeah. Yeah. Feel yeah! Feel good about that? <laughs> this is cool. I can talk over it. And they decided to stop the illegal Bible club being led by teachers good. in the public schools. So there is no threat of a lawsuit here. The school did the right thing. Well, you, bully, you bullied them into it. Um, bullied in, into them no. canceling a club for first graders. Um, but what's Wrong. the concept? Okay, yeah, see, this is how he paints it. I mean, like you're a bully. Oh, so you, shit, so dude. any club oh. that's controlled by that's the first graders, you you would just be for no matter what, huh, Tucker? You're just a bully. Uh, oh. the, the first grade. What if it uh, was Knights like, of the Ku Klux Klan? Yeah, or like you know the the the, the fucking hey kids, hey, the globalist let's agenda let's club. Have a, let's uh, have a secular humanist club. Oh. But then we'd be shoving atheism down kids' throats. But if you shove Jesus down their throat, that's good. Come on, this is such bullshit. Yeah, but it, you, you'd bullied them into canceling a program for first grade. They can go. There's so many churches and so many other places that can have Bible study. They don't need to have it at a school. And it's a publicly funded school, then yeah, they shouldn't be doing it. If it's teachers who are on the public fucking salary, then yeah, they shouldn't be doing it. Sorry, makes no sense. With this. School district employees have You're right endorsing to a religion. Yeah, outside of school, well, yeah, sure. Tucker, you know there's a difference between free speech and government speech. When those teachers are at the school, they are the government. And the children who go to that school, they look up to They're told to respect those teachers, and, and, the, and the students do. But there are families who wish to protect their children from the, the depravity and the violence that's in the Bible, and they don't think the school should be taking sides on such a personal religious issue. And in but, fact, but the, the Supreme school, Court has already addressed this issue. Yes, it, it, it so, has, and not in the way that you suggest. This did not take place during school hours. They were not working in their capacity as teachers. Some people where may was not held, have liked it, but some people don't like a lot. Tucker, where was it held? It was held oh, in the school in a parking lot just outside the school. No, it wasn't. It was held at the school. Oh yeah, shit! It was at the school, a sketchy white panel van <coughs> on public school property, taught by public. How school many churches teachers. exist in this community where they could go do this before school if they wanted to? Nah. Or any, or after school, or any other day of the week. They can even school. have. They can even have their own student prayer group in the public school. It just could. can't be led Dude, by if, a teacher. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Like, if this club was led by another, like a student, then. It wouldn't even be like an issue, so whatever. A lot of things. That's different from being unconstitutional. People have a right to express their religious views. That's enshrined in the First Amendment. What's prohibited is a government establishment of religion, as you know. 
And so that class was a government establishment of religion because those teachers were the teachers of those students in that school, on that property. If those teachers wanted to have a Bible study in their private homes on Saturday, that's America. That's wonderful. But for the teachers in the school, and the Lots Supreme Court has ruled on this, saying that it's voluntary does not make it legal, especially in the elementary grades. The school did the right thing, and the school should be applauded for giving a lesson to the students about the importance of our Constitution and the importance of keeping state and church separate. Well, they definitely so that we can all believe lesson. the lesson that aggressive interest groups with lawyers can force you to do what they want you to do. And that's interest groups. Christians never have any agendas at all. Dude. It's the Constitution, Tucker. That thing you claim you fucking have a big boner for? Yeah. I guess you don't like it so much right now, huh? The thing that he has no idea what the fuck it's supposed to mean. Uh, oh, oh, okay, so you got, you got a bunch of lawyers to shut it down to enforce the basic fundamental basis for our fucking country. They didn't even use what their the lawyers. Fuck? All they did was write a letter. Is that really, that's all that happened? That, yeah, they, they wrote, wrote a letter. letter. They wrote a letter to the school letting them know, like, this is against the Constitution. Tucker's and argument. They, fucking, they, they dropped the program. Based Tucker's on that. argument here is just basically like a strongly worded, come on, a little Jesus in it. This is, this is a little bit of Jesus. You're a bully, a smidgen, Just a smidgen of Jesus. A smidgen of Jesus, really? Just a tip. Just a tip. This is a pedantic fucking virtue signaling cuckold to the, to the Christian religious right for a non-issue news story. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's Tucker's you bread and butter, Jeff, dude. Listen, I agree, because that's how America now runs people like you. My question, though, is what? would it have been okay with you people if like you group? meeting with teachers. That's well, don't okay. blame us. You should blame the Supreme Court because these issues have already been decided by the court that's, as far that's, back that's, as that's 1948. That's not, that's not true. Yes, it is true. Yeah. Okay. Yes, it is. What do you mean it's not true, it you fucking retard? I'm so Why do you think the school stopped their program? Because they looked at the legal precedent and said, oh shit, he's right. You're such a moron, Tucker. You're such a fucking charlatan. Trying to convince old fucking decrepit octogenarians somewhere that you're right. Even his dreamy eyes and his creamy skin are not getting me past the fact that he's <laughs> demonstrably fucking wrong and an asshole and an idiot. So, uh, the amazing atheist approach, far different than my own. Probably, uh, a little less diplomatic, but, uh, I know some people find him abrasive, but I actually, I, I like inappropriate humor. I, I like the kind of over-the-top-in-your-face attitude. Um, maybe I get some kind of vicarious joy out of it since, you know, I, I'm kind of maybe overly careful or mindful about uh, offending others. Um, but I'll keep on playing it. Hopefully my my mic is picking all this up. He needs to bring back, ass lips. bring back the bow tie. Yeah, dude, he needs that bow tie yeah, back in a big yeah. way. I think he went wrong left. when he stopped doing that. Oh, he, 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 he needs to wear a comically oversized one, though. Yeah, like a big clown yeah, bow tie. Yeah, like, so yeah. To let what? us all know what a fucking clown Didn't he is. Did he have the flower that squirts water you? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Tucker's shirt underneath this and one. And I want a lot of rouge tie. on his cheeks and shit. Too. Please, if you would read our letter, please Tucker. Answer, please, I have read your letter, and I disagree with your interpretation of it. But let me just ask, get back to the question. I disagree with your interpretation of it. Should I just ask? Would it have been okay with you if an atheist no, you. Well, Tucker, your interpretation doesn't really matter. Hours so. on a voluntary basis at the school. 
If it was led by students, no. We would protest that just as well. And you can bet that Christian parents would protest if atheist teachers were, were having a Bible club teaching the children how horrible that brutal alpha God is in the yeah. Bible who, they, who threatens violence and fire and a Jesus who talks oh, about being okay. slaves they, they and gouging out body parts. Slow, slow down there. Slow down. Slow down. It's all religion, please. Uh, attempted yeah. genocide? You're barraging me right now, sir, with shit I have no answer to. I mean, God... Slow down. God almost commits global genocide. <clears throat> why don't, I mean, like, why don't you just say, like, whoa, Nelly, you know, like, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> that's your fuck, that's what you've been reduced to? Slow down, now. Hey, Fucking no. pussy, Come on, hey, guys. No. Don't go <laughs> quoting verbatim from my book of atrocities, uh, all right? They're they not cool. They because you're getting under an answer. Look, you're attacking the Bible. I get you're obviously... No, he's trying to give you an example. He's saying Christians would be upset if there was a class God, that taught Tucker that. is an idiot. Follow the fucking plot, you no, retard! They're attacking the Bible. Angry about your childhood or the Bible or whatever, I get it. Oh, get out of here. You run the Freedom from Religion group. We already know Dan that. Barker became an atheist as an adult. You don't need to talk I think he was actually a preacher for a long time show, or something buddy. like that. Talk, you asked him a question, now I think he plays organ or something, too. You're not slagging. I think, I think in, uh, in like... Slag it like a faggot. I think slag means like whore yeah. in, in UK. English. In UK. Yeah, in like UK. When it took us a slag. We need some slag. Yeah, Tucker Carlson condescendingly told Dan Barker not to slag his... His uh, atheistic point of view, or whatever, I'm paraphrasing, but he did use the word slag on uh, television. The Bible, you barely get to hear that. It's been pushed to these kids like it's a loving book, but it's, it's full of fire and violence. This is, I don't think the word informed criticism. Look, I want to have a conversation with How's you about informed? what you did and about whether you were representing the Constitution when you did it. Okay, so let's get this straight. You challenged uh, the guy from the Freedom from Religion Foundation. And anytime he responds to you, it's, let's not go there. Let's talk about this. Like, you're just, you're, you're just fucking misdirecting and redirecting your bullshit. Like, it's, Tucker is so obviously not interested in a real conversation. Of course he's not. He, he has to point it in, like, how his puppet masters are telling him to direct the conversation. I don't know. Uh, dude, wouldn't it be so beautiful if Tucker just fucking had a moment of realization and fucking shotgunned that fucking top half of his head right off. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. Now we're getting dark. Off as he makes millions of dollars fucking peddling bullshit to old no, people. That's why I said a moment of realization. Somebody slips him some ayahuasca in his fucking <laughs> morning coffee. like, wait a minute, I'm a totally reprehensible piece of shit who deserves to die. He, sit, he sits uh, I think there. He sleeps and, just fine at night. He sits there in makeup as slowly the drug starts to filter oh, into his consciousness. Yeah. As he's sitting there, he starts to drift past the boundaries of man and understanding. As he goes further into the cosmos, he realizes that his entire life is a lie. Unable to control himself, he's wheeled out to put in front of the desk. And right as he's about to go on, he realizes it's a lie. Dead. That's wow. a beautiful a thing. Beautiful death. So beautiful. beautiful. Somebody get this man some ayahuasca. Yep. Right, right when they go beautiful. on air too. The first thing you see is Tucker beautiful. just pulled the, pulled, put the gun hit. to his head and he just blows his brains out live on the air. It's so beautiful. Well, you were just flexing your muscle as a bully who runs a highly aggressive. The weak in doubt does not necessarily endorse these views, <laughs> but I, I do find them darkly entertaining.
Well, I guess technically there's nothing wrong with fantasizing about Tucker Carlson eating a shotgun uh, as, as long as you're not actually going out and trying to make it a reality. But let us now soothe our non-existent souls. Well, I guess maybe you could say we have souls in a way, figuratively, uh, if you think of soul as being synonymous for psyche or mind or self, the whole gestalt of, you know, being a thinking, feeling, self-aware being. But yeah, I think I'm going to take the mid-show break, uh, freshen up my drink, and while I do so, I'm going to leave you with a song by one of my favorite artists. This is a young uh, folk artist named Marie Sue. Sue spelled like the Native American tribe or people. And uh, she's just amazing. I mean, she's a true poet. Her lyrics are unbelievable. Her voice, uh, her songwriting, her guitar playing. And, you know, Massachusetts is right next to New Hampshire. And I have memories of going to New Hampshire as a kid and a young adult. And there's just something about that place, the wilderness, um, the Native American history. There's just... Uh, you know, if I was a believer, I might say the, the spirit of the place, the spirit in the air. Um, and for some reason, uh, Marie Sue's music kind of makes me think of New Hampshire. It makes me think of nature and wilderness. There's uh, kind of like a Native American feel to the music, if that makes sense. And there's definitely Native American themes in her lyrics. And the song I'm going to play is called Two Tongues at the Same Time, which sounds vaguely erotic or explicitly erotic. But um, I think uh, in Native American myth, legend, or belief or whatever, uh, there are these kind of snake people. And so I don't know if she's taking that theme from Native American legend or if it's something kind of abstract from her own mind, but either way, it's it's a really beautiful and powerful song. And I was going to say one more thing about New Hampshire. I remember going there. Um, my family had or still has uh, a little condo in New Hampshire near this place called Loon Mountain where a lot of people go skiing. And when I was in like my early 20s, I would sometimes go there with my friends. And I can remember... There was like this little shopping center and it was kind of surreal in, in like a nice way. There was this little shopping center, but just seemed ringed by nature, you know, and towering mountains and trees and whatnot. And in that shopping center, there was a Native American gift store, gift shop. And I used to go in there and buy, this is probably right around when cassettes where you, where you could still get cassettes. CDs may have been preferable, but some places were still selling cassettes. And I'd buy cassettes of Native American music. And I just have uh, good memories of that time. But anyway, here's the, the song, uh, Two Tongues at One Time. And I'll be back. Where love is 
just me or is that music unbelievable uh yeah marie sue one of my favorite artists I, I found out about her a few years back maybe more than a few the way time flies i don't know if itunes still does it or not but uh, they used to have like a free song of the week or whatever and one time it was this young folk singer and guitar player named I think it's a Layla or a Leela Diane and she's one of my favorites too uh just an amazing musician amazing singer lyricist and I think Marie Sue was recommended for me you know through iTunes because I had downloaded a Layla or what a Leela Diane um yeah I've been hooked on her ever since. So I'm kind of a weird dude. You know, I, I could listen to Slayer and then I can listen to that. Make of that what you will. Uh, I don't know. So I'm trying to decide what next week's episode of The Week in Doubt is going to be about. Um, a friend on YouTube by the name of The Electric Owl gave me a good idea. He suggested doing an episode on the link between sleep paralysis and phenomena like supposed alien visitations or uh, abductions or um and there's similar experiences through the ages uh the whole idea of the nightmare of like the hag that or demon that comes and sits on uh your chest while you're sleeping incubi and succubi you know uh, i believe that's the plural of incubus and succubus um so obviously I don't actually literally believe in these things and uh, neither does the electric owl. I'll just go ahead and speak for him. Uh, we're both skeptics who are interested in this kind of uh, stuff. Um, so it would be coming at it from a skeptical angle. Um, the only reservation I have about it is when I did an episode of, uh, responding to the interview Joe Rogan did with the Amazing Atheist, 
I, I covered how they had discussed that type of thing, and I offered my thoughts on it. I mean, maybe I could do a more detailed episode where I take a more in-depth look. So uh, I'm thinking about that. I don't know if I'll do that next week or not. Um, well, I have uh, roughly a week to think about it, so... And it may sound terribly hackneyed or unoriginal, but um, since I've decided to do some, you know, kind of paranormal debunking episodes too or whatever, or, you know, taking on these weird kind of mysteries, etc., uh, I've thought of actually doing, like, things that have been done a million times already, like uh, taking a look at the Loch Ness Monster or Bigfoot and just trying to see what evidence uh, there is, um, most likely none, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, j just making these kind of concise, informative episodes that give a history of the search for these type of things, these you know paranormal or cryptozoological phenomena, and just giving a breakdown and laying out what evidence has been found or hasn't been found. Say in the case of Bigfoot, I can remember watching shows on the History Channel or Discovery or whatever the heck it was back in the day. And once in a while, you know, they claim they found some unidentified primate hairs that uh, most likely belong to uh, Sasquatch or whatever. And sometimes the more sensational or less responsible shows would kind of leave it open-ended. But then other ones, you know, you'd think, whoa, they actually found... Um, some unidentified primate hair in the Pacific Northwest or whatever. That's, man, that's huge, you know. Then you'd watch another more sober show on it, and they'd tell you that, you know, they'd end up, uh, you know, throwing a bucket of cold water on it and explaining that, no, they didn't find an unidentified primate hair or whatever. Uh, so I'd probably try to look at, you know, the best evidence they have, stuff like that, and see if any of it holds water or whatever. So yeah, maybe kind of hokey or whatever. Maybe it's been done to death, but I figure uh, maybe get some of the obvious stuff out of the way first, you know. Um, then go on to kind of the, some of the more exotic subjects. But I'll I'll mix things up a bit. And I plan on maybe even like rotating, you know, like maybe one week I'll do a traditional episode of The Week in Doubt that takes on news stories having to do with religion uh, you know, and cover those from an atheist or skeptical point of view. Then the next week I might do an episode on some kind of, you know, paranormal subject or something. And maybe I'll mix it up. It doesn't always have to be um, that rhythm of every other week or whatever. And I was trying to think of topics for the bonus show as well. And I had one idea. I thought about doing a side project at some point i am going to do that podcast dedicated to mythology uh but i thought about doing another podcast you know called drug diaries or something like that where every week maybe it would be a, a relatively short series where I, I would talk about a specific substance and tell personal anecdotes about my experience with that drug or that substance and the one reservation I had about that was, wow, now that's a podcast you probably really don't want family, you know, finding out about. I don't know what they'd, uh, well, no, in my family, I think uh, they'd probably react to the drug thing worse than the atheist thing. 
Everyone in my family knows I do a podcast, and they must have some idea of what it's about. But surprisingly, I haven't caught much flack for it. They probably think, well, he's an adult. He obviously has a passion for this. You know, what can we do? Um, I think the only family member that gave me a little shit over it was my older brother. I have two older brothers. The one I work with, um, he found out about my podcast and asked me what it's about. And I really don't like talking about personal stuff with my brother. But, you know, so I kind of mumbled and, you know, said, oh, it's about, you know, atheism or, or whatever, you know. And, uh, <clears throat> and you know, I ex- try to explain a little bit about it, how I would cover news stories from like uh, an atheistic or skeptical point of view. And it, it was pretty disappointing. I mean, we don't have a great relationship anyway, but he said, you know, kind of sneered a little and was like, it's all about that shit. And I was kind of, I don't know what. I mean, I didn't say much, but yeah, disappointed, maybe a little pissed. I don't know. And it's funny because this is the brother who also told me that there was no God, <laughs> you know, when I was younger or when we were, my first time working with my father, you know, like back in my early 20s. Uh, we were driving by a funeral home and he was talking about how, you know, if those people really believed in God they or really believed that, you know, dead people go somewhere, they wouldn't all be crying or something like that, you know? So my guess is he might even technically be an atheist, but he's under that misconception that I talk about a lot where people think in order to be an atheist, you have to be someone who who's like 100% sure there is no God. When many atheists, if not most, are technically agnostic atheists, where they're agnostic in the sense that they believe you can't definitively prove or disprove the existence of a god or an afterlife, but we're atheistic because we see that we're aware of the lack of evidence and we're doubtful, you know? And so he's probably like that, but he probably just has a misunderstanding of how atheists use themselves use the term atheist. Um, but yeah, that, that was a little disappointing, that reaction. Uh, it seemed like, uh, I don't know if he was just being careless and didn't mean it, but it seemed like he was being judgmental. It kind of sucks, you know, working in this job where you know, my brother's my boss now. He basically inherited the family business where, you know, the, the person you rely on for your paycheck perhaps doesn't approve of one of your passions or your main passion, you know. Or, or what you choose to do with your free time. It's just, you know, it's not a good feeling. But on that cherry note, I'll probably call it quits. And I've already kind of gone back on my promise. You know, last week, uh, I very confidently stated how this bonus show isn't going to be edited because I want to feel more relaxed and conversational. But I listened back to that episode, <laughs> I think like on the way to work or something the other day. And yeah, some of those pauses were really long. And uh, I'm just like, wow, this needs some tightening up or some polishing, you know. I, I don't want to inflict this on my listeners. <laughs> um, I, I got to do something to make it a little bit more palatable or, you know, tidy it up a bit. So even tonight, I I did some more editing than I did last week.
And so, uh, yeah, so it's time to close things out with a song. Uh, let's see. Try to think if I should do something heavy after playing that folk song during the mid-break, or if I should just play another uh, folk song. Let's see. Yeah, since I talked about uh, Alayla, or however you pronounce her name, Diane, earlier, and another folk uh, musician I really like, uh, I'll play a song I really like called Rake, which features uh, another young folk singer named Alina Hardin. So uh, here we go, and this was the Patreon bonus show, episode two. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Dark.